Hey, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Today I'm joined by my wife, Faith, and we are not social distancing. We are sitting together in the same room. No Zoom call here, uh, but that's because we aren't social distancing on a whole. We're instead uh, quarantined together with three of our boys and another uh, young man who's living with us right now. And so uh, we're going to talk today just a little bit about how we navigate uh, kind of this time of quarantine and family proximity and being together. And our guess is that for some people, this is really a pretty great time. In other words, you aren't having a lot of financial concerns because you're able to work from home or your income is steady and you're actually enjoying the time of, of having everyone together and dinner and unhurried time. But our guess is also that for some people, this is really a hard time. This is maybe exposed, uh, maybe some rifts in some relationships that are substantial, uh, maybe exposed some, some inability to talk about important things. And so what we'd like to do today is just talk a little bit about navigating this time, especially because this time can be a real gift to families and people who live with somebody else. And it can also be a time of increased tension. And so uh, Faith, um, this is a, a time just where, you know, as, as you work with people from your role as a counselor, as part of the Orchard Hill Counseling Center, um, what have you heard people enjoy in this time and maybe friends mm -hmm. as well, not just people you work with. And what have you heard them say, wow, this part is really tough. Yeah, I think that uh, like our family, what I've heard from a lot of people is, wow, we have been running at such a fast pace leading up to this that the ability to actually be together as a family, to sit down and have dinner together every day, to get into that family rhythm instead of everybody going their separate directions with their, sec their separate activities, that's been really good. It's been really good for our family to, you know, every single night we sit and have dinner together. Um, and the conversation is sometimes good. Sometimes it's meaningful. Sometimes it's snarky and ridiculous. Um, but it's been a bonding time for our family. So I've heard that from people. I've also heard probably what everyone's common experience of, you know, the kids are here uh, all the time and there is no way to get away from them. And I think in the counseling setting, I've had moms literally hiding in their closets with their doors locked, praying that they are left alone so that they can just have one hour to think and focus <laughs> on some important things. Um, I think that's been challenging for us too, to uh, have so many people in our household nonstop. Yeah, now I've said that when you go shopping or I've gone shopping, and we load up our, our cart, people think we're hoarding, but we're just trying to feed four young men and ourselves for, uh, for right. a week. Right. And so, uh, yeah, the food is kind of um, probably a challenge. I heard somebody else say that they have not cooked this many meals in such a short time <laughs> in years. And so, yeah, the, the challenge just of working and eating and being together nonstop can be a lot. So what, what would you say, Faith, to somebody who who says, you know, I'm in a okay relationship, but I'm really getting tired of being with my family. I need a break. Um, what wisdom or insight would you have for somebody like that? Uh, <clears throat> well, being is that I probably was at that breaking point just about, what, three or four days ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking um, for a friend, hypothetically. For a friend. 
I, probably what's made the biggest difference or what is making a difference, um, let me think about, let me think about this crisis. I think I reached a crisis, a kitchen crisis, if you will, a house crisis where I felt, I fell into the black hole of, I am the only person working here. I'm just cranking out constant food and constantly cleaning up and I can't keep up with the laundry. I'm still working. Everyone's in every corner of this house. I, and I just, it was kind of overwhelming. So I think the first thing that I told myself was, okay, your standards here are, are they probably need to be relaxed. You know, this is this is a season, and the house is not going to look like uh, maybe it could look. <sighs> the meals don't have to be the high quality that I was aiming for. I can relax my own standards first of all, and not put my standards on everybody else in the house, which makes everybody miserable. Um, a little bit of flexibility, and the second thing I think was what we talked about uh, is I I needed to ask for help. Uh, I think that was, that's very hard for me. I feel like I have to do it all, and that if I have to ask for help or, you know, <clears throat> get people's support, that that somehow reflects badly on me. It's not true. Well, and but, and maybe this is a small point of tension. You and I disagree a little bit about even what that means oh, because yeah. I've said things like we should have two of the boys make a meal together once a week, so that there would be two meals a week that they're making that it's not just you or me making meals. And, um, and you kind of often are like, well, you know, that's okay. And no, I like the idea of it. It's yeah. the execution of the idea. It's the, hey guys, what do you think about doing this tonight? And then getting the, oh, my classwork's really ramped up tonight and I have this to do. And then like the run around and it's just exhausting. I think sometimes it's easier just to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah, but that's part of the but tension for you. It is, is part that, of the solution. Is, is that you end up saying, I want this. I, I'm, I resent, resent might be too strong a word. I, I don't like feeling like I'm doing everything, but I don't want to ask for help because I don't want to have to be the heavy with, with older kids. And, you know, obviously with younger kids, and we're going to have a different podcast about younger kids uh, coming up with Russ and Lindsay Brasher, who have a gaggle of young children um but um uh, you know ours are older and so ours it's more the the kids who have been away and are coming home or are at the end of high school and feel a lot of freedom yes. and normally are not home a ton and all of a sudden they're just home and uh one and, of the things yeah well you feel that tension they've been on their own they haven't been had to be responsible mm -hmm. in the house uh yeah i've been to their college apartments i i it's not the standard that we have. <laughs> right, there's tension there. Like how you want to respect them as young adults. They need to contribute. They need to be part of the team. I mean, we really do need their help mm -hmm. in just, you know, doing the day-to-day -day care of the family. Um, but I still, I feel that tension all the time. Every time I ask my, my young adult children to do something and I get any kind of resistance, I question myself. Like, am I asking too much? Mm -hmm. you know, is this, am, am I just no. annoying? Yeah. The answer <laughs> is no, but point. you don't feel it. I yes. mean, I, I don't like getting all, I don't like getting resistance. Right. It's just parenting. Right. Well, it's more fun to be the fun mom or dad who serves something nice to the kids or does something fun, watches a movie than it is to say, hey, we're yes. all going to pitch in and clean the house today. Yes. I like being the fun parent. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I've been the fun parent during this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what about technology? How, how has technology in your mind 
a good thing or yeah. a challenge in the midst of this? And how, how should people try to navigate that? That's related to not being the fun parent. Because uh, I, I think, I feel both ways about this. I'm grateful that my children have something to do that's really fun for them. They game together, they're boys. Um, I don't, how many Xboxes do we have? Do we have three? I don't know, it's ridiculous, but there's there's a lot of gaming. There's a lot of uh, camaraderie that happens with it, a lot of laughter, a lot of competition. It keeps them occupied. They've both said to me, uh, the older ones have said like, oh, we're so glad we have this because we would be going crazy right now. Uh, at the same time, it's addictive. It takes you away from the rest of the family. Um, it, I, I feel, when I watch them game, sometimes if it's gone on for hours, I think as a parent, I feel like a failure. Like, shouldn't we be reading classic literature together and, <laughs> you know, maybe doing something a little bit more constructive? So I don't feel like a good parent. But I think, again, we're all in that space of uh, what works in your family. And let's not judge each other too harshly here. Uh, I think we're all doing what works. Yeah, well, when you're that hunkered down, it's, you're, it's a different time in that, especially with a young adult children coming home, they do have their own rhythm and you want to respect that. And so what's odd for us is we have, you know, a couple that are still late high school. And so there's some nights where they stay up what feels like half the night. In fact, there's been a few oh, nights where I've gotten up and they were going the to night. bed. Yes. Um, literally, I was getting up for the morning and they were going to bed. <laughs> and, and you're just like, okay, should I say something about this? <laughs> is this healthy or is this just, and at least for now, we've kind of taken the approach of let them make their choices and- They're getting and, their stuff um, done. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of live it. Now, you suggested the other day that we have a technology-free day. How did. did that go? Uh, that did not go well, but that was between you and me. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a weird time, and I feel like I have constantly had a device connected to me in some way. I've had my iPad. I carry it around the house with me. I check the news. I check Facebook. I do this and that, and I think we're all very device-dependent. Um, I don't think that's healthy. So the other day, after asking you the same question three times and not getting an answer, I very lovingly suggested that maybe we have a device-free day. And your response was, I'm happy to spend time with you, but I'm not gonna put my phone away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, that was after earlier in that morning, I had come down, sat and tried to talk with you and you were Facebooking and didn't give me any attention. So I think there was a little uh, repay, but we, was, we ended up going yeah. out for a nice walk. And I was probably like responding to somebody in crisis or something, you know. Yeah, I think it was not. Facebook. <laughs> um, okay, what about spiritually and having um, spiritual conversations or moments in this time? Um, you know, how does this not become just, well, okay, we once a week sit down for an hour in front of the TV and watch a service? Um, how do you how, how do you intentionally use some of this time, not just for the family, but personally to be spiritually tuned in? And then partly, how does the family take that step? Um, I think that the this uh, the daily rhythm actually of the devotionals has been helpful. All of our boys haven't joined in every night, but sometimes they do. 
-hmm. And that's a nice ending point for the day to get our minds kind of focused on the same things. I think probably more impactful are the, for our family, is the conversation that happens around the dinner table if it turns to spiritual things and they engage and they're willing to kind of go there and hang out and, and hash something around for a while. Uh, I think that's enjoyable for all of us. And I think we've tried to do that. Like I said, some, some dinner times are meaningful and great and other ones are just ridiculous. So uh, I think as a parent, it's, you know, it's good to be aware that we have this unique opportunity. I'm yeah. sure a year from now, this is gonna be a memory and we will look back and say, wasn't that incredible having six people around the table every night mm -hmm. and having time to talk, really yeah. talk about whatever they're concerned about, whatever they're interested in. So. Yeah, one of the things that, that we try to do, and we don't always do it well, but is to ask spiritual questions in that context of normal conversation. Uh, that's usually been our approach to that. Uh, so just the other night, um, a topic came up and we just started asking each of the kids how they processed it, what they thought about it, how they would deal with it. And it was definitely a spiritual conversation mm -hmm. on spiritual issues that didn't feel like, like devotions or Bible study. It felt like a conversation. And, and at least in our family, we found that to be a, a really good way to, to connect on spiritual issues is to always look for the moment. You know, if you watch a movie together, what's the worldview here? What, how, how does that differ from a biblical perspective? Why is the biblical perspective good or right? So, so that you're not just, um, just missing all of the moments and the potential for deeper conversations. Because a lot of times deeper conversations come out of an abundance of time. And what I mean by that, if you just think about any relationship that you have, if, if you're always rushed, you don't get to the depth of conversation. Um, but if you have an extended period of time, that's a lot of times when real deep conversations can happen. And so in a sense right now, it's one of those times where, where because time is more abundant, there's a lot of opportunity to go there, um, both as a, as a whole unit and individually with people you live with. So, so I think oh, we just, I was gonna say that um, something that I think we could do even a better job at, um, I think this is a really sad and scary time for our young adult kids. And it's a sad time, especially, you know, we have a senior and everything looks different than what we had imagined this time was gonna be. And there's a lot of little griefs right now. Mm -hmm. uh, little things that we had planned and hoped for that are not gonna happen for him. And I think we, sometimes we watch our kids handle these griefs kind of in the same way that we do. We don't always speak them or talk about them or process them. We, we wanna stay up and we distract ourselves and we try to stay busy, but uh, I, think it would be, I think it would be good for us to in, have intentional conversations where you just check in and, and say, you know, how are you feeling about that? How are you doing with that? And I've done that a little bit in the last couple weeks. And I just as a reminder to say like, these kids are actually struggling too. They don't necessarily look like they're struggling, but they're concerned, they're, they're, they're tired, yeah. they're anxious, well, and they're, they're sad about some things. things. Yeah, yeah, they are. So it's good well, to check even in. Even our senior is talking about yeah. what's college going to look like and should I continue with my plans for the fall or will college be potentially disrupted next fall 
enough yeah. that I shouldn't, you know, spend the money to go to a school that I was going to spend. Do I change? Like those are huge conversations he's having in his own head. And sometimes with us, because obviously I know about it, but it's, uh, but those are big things to be present for. Let, let me switch gears here for a second, Faith. What, um, what would you say to somebody who is living with somebody that they really dislike <laughs> and it's been tension for a long time and now they find themselves quarantined oh. or somebody who dislikes them, maybe a kid who has been really at odds with the parent, maybe spouses or siblings that are living together that just really prefer not to be anywhere near each other. What, what wisdom or oh. insight would you have? That's tough. We've actually talked a little bit about that. Just we like each other and it's certainly been annoying to have this much time together. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I've, I've loved every minute of it with you. I had a dream last night. It was very vivid. <laughs> that there was a big bowl of fruit salad left over after dinner and that in the dream you said hey i want all of that fruit salad it's for me <laughs> and in the dream i was like we could divide this up six ways why do you get the whole bowl of fruit salad and it just turned really ugly and i think i was annoyed with you even this morning when i woke up and you didn't do you mad that, at me for a dream you had. That Interesting. A, that's a COVID dream. It's, <laughs> there's limited resources. <laughs> Nobody can be selfish. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was I saying? Uh, you're talking about people Sorry. who really dislike <laughs> each other, <laughs> who are forced to live together in this time. And then it went to your dream of know. me being selfish. That is interesting. Yes, that, that is interesting. interesting little... that, that's going to be psychoanalyzed. That's not. Um, I can't imagine being at odds with somebody in these close quarters and not having a foundation of any kind of trust, respect. Um, so what would you say it, to somebody who's there? Who's right there in that? Mm -hmm. Somebody who feels like it is unsafe, not physically necessarily, but emotionally unsafe oh. to be in this much proximity to this person. Well, those are two different things too, like extreme annoyance and... Um, feeling emotionally unsafe. I mean, if you're feeling emotionally unsafe, I think you quarantine within the quarantine, honestly. Hmm. I mean, if it's an abusive relationship, I would say you need to make sure that you're connected to other people, that you are reaching out to friends and family in, in, in what way you can and getting your emotional support there and then trying to protect yourself. If home is not safe, trying to protect yourself and be alone when you can be alone, try to stay out of conflict, um, maybe not uh, I, to stay safe. I would say, you know, don't get into highly charged one-on-one -on -one things that are going to escalate. Just try to make it work and extend as much <clears throat> maybe grace and space as you can during this time to get through it so that you can get to a point where you can get physically and emotionally safe again at the end of this. Uh, as far as difficulty, you know, honestly, this time is, a, is an opportunity. If you've had little slights, little hurts, little annoyances in your, in your marriage and with your kids, if you feel like your kids have maybe been wayward and, um, and suddenly they're forced back under your roof and forced into relationship with you, it's an opportunity to 
extend a lot of grace and understanding and communicate in whatever way you can that this person's matters to you and that you're willing to accept them and be in relationship with them um, as is right now. You know, putting maybe putting former disagreements aside and things that have been painful in the past, just to say, we're here now and I'm glad and I'm glad to be here with you and like to make it work. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's a, it's a hard thing because there are some situations that may not feel like there's much hope of uh, restoration, reconciliation. And so seeking safety in that makes sense. Uh, there are other places where this time might be the last time that you really have some extended time with a child, with a, mm -hmm. you know, a relative. Um, and, and it might be an opportunity to really seek to rebuild or restore the relationship in some substantial way. And, and so that's um, an opportunity that, that maybe is before some of us where we are currently sheltering. And uh, certainly we don't know how long this will go on, but it is a, a time that is filled with, uh, with challenges. You know, just on a general level, I would say if you're in a home where overall things are good, um, don't hesitate, though, to still seek space and time for self-care. One of the things that can happen when you're pushed all together is that you start to say, okay, I need to be ambitious and take care of projects, take care of people. And some of your, your, your rhythms, whether it's exercise, getting out for a walk, whether it's you know, taking time to read the Bible, whether it's getting on FaceTime with friends who aren't part of the, the home life, uh, any of those things are, are substantial in terms of just caring for your own soul so that you are able to be present and positive when you're, when you're home. Yeah, and on that too, um, I think this is a time to practice some, not lowering of the standards, just acceptance of where you are personally. I think that <clears throat> if you go on Facebook, you see, or whatever other social media, you get a lot of pictures of other families who seem to be doing this really well. You know, they've made their own musical. They've <laughs> learned how to, you know, weave baskets together. They've, <laughs> there's all kinds of pictures out there. They, they learned a dance routine. That would be really hard for our family. Um, and, they, and you think, oh, look, they're all getting along great, and they all are learning things and growing, and they're, the, they're a great family. We're failures. Um, that's really easy to do right now, to feel like you're doing it all wrong. I just think there's, there's no doing it wrong. We are all figuring it out. Um, yeah. I, saw you know an I saw an article the other day. I forget where I saw it, but it was basically saying the same thing as, as this is not a time to say, let me up my production and my personal standards as much as it is a time to say, let me navigate this present moment because yeah. there's so many emotions that, that are with it. And it's not just the concerns about COVID and where things are going. It's, it's also just navigating time with family that you're not used to, navigating work in a way that you're not used to. All of those things take energy in a way that you don't necessarily anticipate, so. Yeah, I read, you know, in these first early weeks of the, of the virus the, to, to, to not put a lot of external, well, I need to produce, I need, I need to write my book now. Like focus on healthy food, <laughs> focus <laughs> on connecting well with your family, with your friends, 
and then focus on your own physical fitness and well-being. Like those four things. And I would add as believers, like to keep the faith element alive every day if you can. Like those five things. And, and you're going to be doing all right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining today. And thank you for spending part of your day with us here on Ask a Pastor. If you have questions, you can always send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com and we can address it in a coming uh, episode. And also, if you're watching this on one of the social media distribution outlets, it helps uh, other people get these uh, things. If you subscribe, if you like, if you make comments, all of those things are helpful. So thank you. Have a great day. And share your fruit salad. Ha, ha, ha.